0: Uh, celebration that we have today uh, known as uh, Easter, and uh, people all over the world will be filling some kind of church building uh, and having a conversation about this topic of Easter. And so many times people, uh, you know, some people go to church, Easter's their time, right? Uh, So we want to talk about that and kind of really dive into that. I want to come at this from a different angle, really, it's going to challenge some of your thinking today. All right, can, can I do that? Can I challenge your thinking today? Kind of challenge how you kind of see it and perceive it. Huh? <laughs> want to want to challenge you a little bit today. Um, but we're so glad that you're here to worship with us. We know you could have worshipped anywhere you wanted today um, on on Easter Sunday, but we thank you for not counting the robbery on behalf of my wife and I, and to come and to worship with us today and to give God praise and to give God thanks. Uh, We are excited about our launch of our RCC Kids. Man, what an awesome thing. And so um, my wife was not in the room today because she is out with the kids. So she's out with RCC kids, uh, her and Sister Alassa back there, making sure that the kids get a good Easter lesson and have a good time, right? So that you can be here in the service and you can allow God to speak to you and you can allow the Lord to minister to you. So uh, we're excited about that. Did anybody see PJ Mask on the way in, outside, hanging outside? That's pretty cool, right? So, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the Sesame Street days and my kids was like, no, nobody does Sesame Street no more. It's like PJ Masks is now the new thing. So we got rid of Sesame Street and got PJ Masks. <laughs> PJ Masks was hanging out outside today, all right? Uh, so it's, it's, it's a whole different day and a whole different age. Um, but again, we're, we're here, we exist as a church uh, to help people know God, discover purpose, find freedom, and make a difference. That's why we're here in Philly. And uh, my wife and I, when we had moved out to Philly to start this church, uh, going on five years uh, we were passionate about touching the lives of people, and that's what it's about, touching the lives of people, and we're glad that we were obedient to God because you're here, and we got a chance to come in contact with you, amen? So what an awesome thing. So I, I want to dive into this, and I um, want you just just bear with me because I, I want to come from a, a really different angle today, a different challenge uh, when we talk about Easter. I know before I jump into the the normal excitement of what easter is and what easter means i want to talk about um just a different perspective of easter and how we can see easter from a different range cuz if you're not if you're here today and you're not what i call a jesus follower right or a christian and that word christian today is it's a, it's a loaded word so I, I would rather use the word jesus follower <laughs> uh Uh, I'm sure that you have a good reason as to why you you say, you know, pastor, I'm just, you know, I'm here, it's Easter, I'm here doing my thing, I'm just, I'm not really into that church thing, and that's cool, uh, because I'd probably say, oh yeah, I I get that, you know, I I understand. If I was to, uh, we were to leave here and go to Starbucks, or wherever your favorite, I'm a Wawa fan now that I live in uh, Philly, I, I had never, there's no Wawa's in New York, so, you know, when I got here, it was like, Wawa's, you know, what's Wawa's? Uh, So now I have to have my wild, wild coffee every morning. But uh, if if we were to kind of have that conversation and go and grab a seat and and have a conversation about why you decided not to be a Jesus follower, I'm sure, and I tell this all the time, that there are uh, many different reasons why people decide to kind of stand back a little bit. And if you gave me one shot, this Sunday may be my one shot to have a good conversation with you about why you should at least consider the fact or the opportunity of becoming a follower of Jesus if there's three things that i that I would not argue with you it is is the issue is not is the Bible true right i'm not I'm not going to argue but whether the Bible is true because uh, before Jesus uh, allowed the Bible to come into fruition before the Bible was ever in existence, before they knew about Adam and Eve. Guess what? There were Jesus followers. So we're not going to discuss whether the, the Bible is true or not, because before there was a Bible, there were people that believed in Jesus. So we're, we're going to move that to the side. We're not going to uh, discuss or I'm not going to argue with you if rather uh, the issue is sometimes that there's been what I call embarrassing church history. Right, Some things that have been challenging with church history. If anybody knows anything about church history, there's some challenging conversations there. So we're not going to argue with you with that. I would probably say to you, we were sitting at a cafe, I get that. (laughs) If you brought some challenging issues up, I would probably say I get that. If if you were to say uh, a a pastor, I've come into contact with some Christians that just were not cool. Has anybody ever met any people that were not cool? Okay. Uh, I know you're scared to say that right now, but you. thank you, thank you. There, there, there uh, Some questions that you say, that just was not cool. man. I didn't like how they came at me. And I would definitely probably say, <laughs> I get that. You know, I, I totally understand that. But, but what I want to focus on for these next 15, 20 minutes is not the issue of whether the Bible is true, because, again, we're going to, talk about before the Bible came along, the fact that they were Jesus followers. We're not going to talk about rather, there can be some embarrassing history. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about the issue of behaviors and the values of people who claim to be Christians or Jesus followers. I want to talk about the event. That's what I want to talk about today, the event. The event that started it all. The event that allowed us to gather here today. What is that event? The resurrection of Jesus. Jesus' followers believed Jesus rose from the dead many, many years before there was ever a Bible. I mean, that's a powerful fact. Because many times if you say today, well, you know, you're talking to a person who may not be a Jesus follower. You say, well, the Bible says, yeah, yeah, that's nice, but I don't believe you about it. Okay, so let's go before the Bible. Let's talk about this man named Jesus and how people believe that Jesus rose from the dead on a morning, Sunday morning, some argue, They went to this tomb and they found this tomb empty. And what did they do that uh, if you saw a man, (laughs) if you saw a man that was supposed to be dead and you saw him alive, if I brought a casket in here that had a body in it and the man or the woman got up, I would probably be the only one left in the room. You would leave this room immediately and what would you begin to do? You would begin to tell everybody you know. As a matter of fact, you, you would t- you begin to talk about it, and uh, today we have social media, so you would definitely Facebook and Twitter, Twitter, and you would Insta it and do all these different things because I just saw a man that I know I am positive he was dead and now he's alive, right? You, you would take the social media. So, 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 uh, 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 th- 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 this is kind of the point I want to cover. I remember my, my, my wife and I. We we watched a show on TLC. I'm not going to indulge you on in the title, <laughs> but we watching the show on TLC. And and every now and then we'll find a good show that we like, and uh, we watched it season the whole season. And it got to the last episode, and the last episode uh, was Lily Obama. It was a really good episode. But it kind of left you hanging on the characters, versus, you know, the, the, the reality shows. And so we went immediately to social media to see what everybody else was saying. I mean, am I by myself? Have you ever done that with your show? Come on. No. Uh, you, 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 I went to social media. I went to the actual actors and the characters and see what their take was on this reality series. Right? Because I wanted to hear what everybody else was saying. And so we believe that Jesus rose from the dead because the Bibles, not just because the Bible says, but because people believed before there was even a Bible. This is a deep thing. When I say people, let's 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 look at some of the people that actually believed that there was a man by the name of Matthew. I mean Matthew. <laughs> was uh, one of his disciples, and Matthew was a follower of Jesus. And after the resurrection, he sat down, and Matthew didn't have Twitter or Facebook. What Matthew began to do is Matthew began to write. That was his social media back then. He began to write about what he saw. Then there was a man by the name of Mark. Man, Mark uh, 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 is, was also a follower of Jesus, and he knew the disciples very well. And he interviewed them, and he uh, really pretty much chronicalized their entire experience of walking with Jesus. And then there was Luke. I mean, Luke. This Luke was an awesome guy, and Luke said, and "I love." He, he opens up his book by saying, "I have decided, and I have endeavored to write an orderly account." of all the things that have happened in our midst. That's what Luke did. So when people see something that's amazing, they have begin to not just talk about it, they begin to write about it. Then there was James. Does anybody know who James was? James was probably the toughest person to convince because James was the brother of Jesus. Now, could you imagine trying to convince your brother that you are the son of God? I mean, that, that's a pretty tough thing to do. And James was not a believer while Jesus was walking the earth. It was after this resurrection that James sat down and he began to write what he saw, the fact that, hey, this was not just Jesus, my brother. Man, he really was the son of God. So watch, we're not just talking about a Bible. We are talking about people who actually witnessed something that was amazing. And the truth is that Christians aren't gathered all over the world this weekend to simply celebrate the fact of the resurrection. The thing that makes us so excited is the implication that the resurrection has on all of us. We're not here to talk about the fact of the resurrection. We're here to talk about the implication of the resurrection. We understand that the resurrection and we take seriously the death of Jesus on our beliefs because it changed everything. It changes how we live our lives. It changes how we become, how we are parenting. It changes how we mother. It changes how we father. It changes how we do everything. And so I, I, I want to dive in into some of these witnesses and hear about what some of these witnesses have to say when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. And hopefully uh, uh, this conversation we have, I know there's people in here, but I, I really want to just have a heart-to-heart with you about how important it is to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so when we talk about some some contextualization, uh, the first century Jews, real quickly, uh, they were always looking for a Messiah, right? And many people before Jesus had claimed to be a Messiah, and they did all these crazy things, but none of that stuff ever panned out. Here's the Messiah, there's the Messiah, but then there was a man by the name of John the Baptist, and they came to John. I don't know if you ever remember this story. John, they asked John, said, John, are, are, you, are you Jesus? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're a leader and you're baptizing people. Are you Jesus? Jesus? And John said, I, I'm not him, but I am here to prepare the way for him. John said this, I, I'm not him, but I'm here to prepare the way for him. And then Jesus shows up at the Jordan. And this awesome thing happens that Jesus gets baptized. That clouds open up. Now, this is this is the witnesses telling us this is what happened. The clouds open up, and God spoke, and this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus begins to do all these awesome miracles, begins to open the blind eyes, unstopped deaf ears. I mean, there was a man named Lazarus that was dead for a couple of days, and Jesus goes and raises him from the dead. And, man, that really got people talking, <laughs> People really started talking then when they saw Lazarus get up from the dead. And that's when he got the attention of all those who were in what we call the high courts and the uh, um, supreme courts of that day. And they got really frustrated that this man, Jesus, was beginning to have witnesses. So when Jesus' disciples, and I want you to stay with me for a moment, when the disciples watched him die, they watched what they thought was a movement be crushed. They said, how... Could this man that professed to be the son of God be dead? I mean, think about it. They had given up everything they had to follow Jesus. And now Jesus did not seem to be any longer Jesus. As a matter of fact, before he even died, man, they left him. They kind of unfriended him. I, I, I mean, th- those of you that understand social media, he, he kind of got unfriended, right? I mean, I didn't understand what a big deal it was to be unfriended these days. Until somebody got unfriended, they came to me and said, can you believe they unfriended me? I didn't understand what the big deal, I guess that's really a big deal. I'm like, how do you know somebody unfriends you? Like, do you have time to go check and see who's unfriending you, like, I mean, when I go through my social media, it's seconds, like literally seconds, but people can tell who's unfriending them and who's friending them. Well, these disciples, man, when they saw Jesus get taken, they quickly unfriended him, right? There was Peter, and they asked Peter, and they said, Peter, aren't you the one that was hanging out with Jesus? And Peter says, "Um, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I said, no, no, but 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 you sound like him a little bit, and you kind of looked like him. Peter said, I'm telling you, it's not me. And then Peter does something that's crazy. Peter actually begins to curse and swear to prove he's not a Jesus follower. Because he knew they knew that Jesus wouldn't do that. And he began to curse and swear to say, hey, I'm not a Jesus follower. Matthew, John, Luke, and Mark all bring the same story. And there were no heroes when Jesus was being taken into custody. This past Friday, we celebrated what we call Good Friday because that was the day that Jesus died on the cross. So this brings me to my, to my in-between time, between the time that Jesus was beaten on that cross, put in a borrowed tomb, to the time that this woman named Mary, and I want you to look at this scripture real quickly. There was a woman named Mary that in John 20, verse 1 through 2, and I'm going to read a couple of scriptures of this. As I begin to reel this in for it, I want you to really zone in on just why it's important to consider being a follower of Jesus because Easter was not just about getting dressed. Easter is about the day that everything changed. Everything changed. And that's why we're here today with all this, because we believe and we know that everything has changed. So there's a story that goes to, uh, with this woman named Mary Magdalene. And it says early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene uh, went to the tomb and saw that the tomb had been removed from the entrance. Now, if you know Mary, Mary was actually one of the people that got healed by Jesus. She became a Jesus follower after she got healed by Jesus, I mean it's easy to become a Jesus follower after you get healed by Jesus. And on Easter morning, she believed about Jesus, where perhaps you may believe about Jesus. The next verse says this very simply: so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord. Now, look at this. This is Mary who heard all of his messages, got healed by Jesus, and Dana, she does not say, hey, he's risen. She says, hey, they stole him. I mean, what a missed opportunity there. I mean, she really could have brought it home if she really said the right thing. I mean, she could have said, hey, I'm the first one in the Bible that got a revelation that Jesus was alive. No, 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 no. She says, "Someone someone has stolen him. Somebody took him out of his tomb, and we don't even know where they put him so we can go get him. I mean, this is Mary. And some of us may have that same mindset. And as you know, Jesus was crucified. And taken down and put into a borrowed tomb, and she ends up at this tomb, seeing the stone rolled away, wondering, where is Jesus? She did not assume that a miracle had happened. She assumed that his body had been stolen. As a matter of fact, Mark actually says in his witness account that she was alarmed. Alarmed. When you go to court, how does a person get convicted? Because they are Witnesses. It's always hard to get people to testify, right? Everybody wants to mind their business. I don't want to be in this. (laughs) Right? But you need people to be witnesses in order to show and prove a point that, yes, you were there. You saw it. And so when we hear Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John talk about Jesus and the account of Jesus, man, we are getting firsthand a testimony, a witness of what it was like. This next verse says this, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm about to bring it home. It says, uh, uh, the, then the disciples went back to where they were staying. The disciples didn't go right down to the tomb. They went back home. They said, I don't know, <laughs> they got nervous. I don't know what happened to them, but they said, we need a minute to breathe. They ran back, and then it says, now Mary stood outside the tomb, and guess what she was doing? She was crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And watch this. She had not even yet looked in the tomb. She just saw the tomb was moved and ran and said they took him. I mean, you would think she would look in the tomb first to get an idea. Is he did. No, no. They took him. Because no one believed that he would actually really get up. I mean, this is amazing. And now she's crying because she doesn't know who took Jesus. The Bible says, as she wept, she bent over, looking to the tomb, and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body was, or had been, on the head and the other at the foot. This is going to be an interesting conversation. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? Man, I can never ask my wife that. She slapped me. Woman, why? What a dumb question for a man. The, the angels had to have been men. Well, woman... I read this, They had to have been men because they're not female. Female would never say that. They would say, oh, I understand, (laughs) right? But a man, angel, would say, woman, why are you crying? And they ask her this, this awesome question, and she looks, and she answers, and she says, they have taken my Lord away. She said, and I don't know where they have put him she's talking to the angels and actually saying she still does not believe that a miracle has occurred. That's crazy. And at this time, watch this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't even realize she was looking at Jesus. She was so fixed. Have you ever had somebody say, I can't find it, and you walk in the room and put your hand right on it and it was right in front of their face? Come on, come on. Am I I the only one? My wife says I do that. Am I the only one? I'm like, Ray, I can't find it. (laughs) She comes down and says, Andre, was right here. And then I just feel like I got egg all over my face. It's just, right? And that's how she was at that time. Here it is. What she needed and looking for was staring her in the face. And she was so filled with grief and overwhelmed with her perception that she didn't even realize she was talking to Jesus. Look at this in verse 15. He says, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was a gardener. I mean, man, this gets better and better. This couldn't have been Jesus. She tells a story to the rest of her life. Could you imagine how Mary tells this story to her kids, kids, kids? Could you imagine I was talking to Jesus and I thought he was a gardener? (laughs) She thinks that Jesus is a gardener. She says, sir, if you have carried him away. Now she's accusing Jesus of stealing Jesus. Tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. In other words, if you just tell me where you put him, mind your business, and I, you go garden, and you let me go find Jesus. And Jesus said to her, here's where she gets a wow factor, a revelation. He calls her by name. Man, now she is going to have her life changed forever. She calls him by name. Everyone that is here today, he has called you by name. Many people intended to go to a church today, didn't make it. Many people didn't even have an intention, but you, he called by name. And said, Mary, and she turns, the Bible says, towards him and cries out in Arabic, raboni, which means rabbi or teacher. She gets this revelation immediately that this is not a gardener, that I'm not talking to somebody who has robbed the grave of Jesus. I am talking to Jesus himself. Jesus said, do not hold on to me because she wanted to grab him. Could you imagine that? I mean, she sees the girl Jesus and, and Jesus, and she's like, Gee, he said, don't touch me. Watch, because I don't want you to get caught in the physical me. I want you to get caught in the resurrected me. I don't want you to get stuck in the physical me. I want you to get stuck on the resurrected me, because the resurrected me is the one who came to die and rise again for you. Do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead, tell your brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Notice the language. It wasn't just when Jesus walked the earth, it was, you know, I and my father are one. Now, because the assignment is being completed, he says, now he's not only my father, now he's also your father. Hey, guess what? He's not only now my God, now he's also your God. Man, the resurrection changed everything. Because now, Jesus says, we are joint heirs. Verse 18 says this, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said unto her. And they probably said, girl, what are you drinking? I mean, could you imagine what that conversation was like? The same person that came and told us that somebody stole them is now telling us, you saw him. Right? And, and, and some of us today, we, 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 we've been in that same thing. But remember, we're not basing this upon what the Bible says. We're basing this upon also what the witnesses are telling us. The witnesses, these, these books, we, uh, we have a Bible today because they took what was the Old Testament and they took a collection of what, you see Mark and Matthew and all these guys who wrote these books, they, they took all these letters, they put them together to become a New Testament or new witnesses of what they saw. That's all the Bible is. A collection of witness testimonies. The Bible's not a religious book. It's a collection of testimonies of what they saw Jesus do. Hallelujah. That's what it is. So my, 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 my ask of you today is don't see it as a religious book. It's testimonies. When you leave here today, you'll be able to tell somebody what happened in here today. But only those in here will be able to tell that story. That's why this is so important. I want to read this last scripture. The bottom, sorry, the bottom, it says that Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. There's several things that change because of the resurrection. Watch this. You can pray knowing that God hears you. This is, this is a game changer for Christians. Because when we pray, we're not praying to a statue. We're not praying to uh, a God that does not hear us or that is still asleep. When you pray, because he's alive, you can pray knowing that he hears you. That's a big difference. Uh, uh, The second thing, because of the resurrection, you can live knowing that there is life beyond this life. Jesus proved that. When he didn't stay locked in the grave, he proved that there is life beyond this life. And the third and final thing before we close today is that you can now sacrifice knowing that your faithfulness matters. And this is a big one. You can sacrifice knowing that your faithfulness matters. That what you do for Christ will last. It has impact. It changes people's lives forever. For it was Jesus who taught us to address God as Heavenly Father. It was Jesus who said that he was going to the Father to prepare a place for us. It was Jesus who said that over and over again that what we do in this life will determine the reward we receive in the next life. If you have never put your faith in Jesus, you can come up, Rob, as your Savior, then what I'm asking you to do today is to consider making Jesus your savior, or better yet, becoming a Jesus follower. The issue isn't, are Christians perfect? I can answer that, no. A resounding no. Right, right. The issue isn't, uh, is the church perfect? Uh, No. No, 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 no. Full of imperfect people. As a matter of fact, I remember I was uh, on a bus one day with my grandfather, and we were going uh, out of town, and there was a church that said, church without spot or wrinkle. (laughs) And somebody in the bus said, oh, I want to go to that church. He said, well, the nigga had to change the name if you show up. (laughs) And I thought, man, how true that is. Because we're all imperfect people. I mean, I got some issues. Right? So the church, thank you, Brother Ben, it's not a perfect place. For perfect people, it's a place for imperfect people to become like Jesus. It's that simple. It's that simple. The issue is, who is Jesus? And on Easter, that question was answered for us. So why we celebrate Easter today and the resurrection? Because we have a collection of witnesses. Witnesses that we can look and they can, we can hear their story of who Jesus was and what it meant to become a Jesus follower. Sure, you have people today trying to discredit it. But people are always trying to discredit things. The question is, what are the witnesses saying? I have witnesses that say he healed. I have witnesses that say he saved. And matter of fact, in this room, I have some witnesses. I mean, it's great to have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but do I have two or three witnesses in this room that say, hey, hey, Jesus did something for me. I know I wasn't perfect, and he did something for me. He healed me. He delivered me. He saved me. Is anybody in here a witness? Man, a witness is a powerful thing. As you stand to your feet. I don't need anybody else's witness, I can tell you that I'm a witness. I remember when I went to the doctor, the doctor told me that I had cancer. And my wife and I looked at each other, we were in Sloan Kettering, and we looked at each other with awe and amazement because I had prayed for so many people to receive healing and they did. I have prayed for so many people to receive Jesus and they did. And now I am looking at a doctor who is by the way the best in her field. People flew from around the world to see this doctor and she's telling me that I have cancer. At that time do I stop being a Jesus follower? To become like Peter or do I continue to believe the witnesses? That says, with his stripes, you are healed. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for you. And I remember going home and and, and we had, they took a bunch of tests and biopsies and stuff like that. And I remember going home and I remember reading the testimonies of other witnesses. Oh, man. I remember digesting, brother Ben, the testimonies of other witnesses. I remember reading about a man that was blind and couldn't see, and a man named Jesus healed his eyes. I remember there was a man that had a withered hand, and Jesus had stretched forth, and his hand got healed. There was a man that was lame for years at the gate, but Jesus healed him. There was a man that was dead by Lazarus, but Jesus healed him. I remember reading all of these testimonies. From these witnesses. And I said, Jesus, this witness said you did it for them, and your Bible says that you are a God of no respected person. And if you did it for them, I know you can do it for me. And we began to pray and believe God that He was a God that was just and fair. And we went back to the doctor. And the doctor told us, she looked, she brought somebody else in, she brought another person in, they put the papers out across the desk, and they said, Mr. Jones, I don't understand, but we don't see what we saw when you first came in. They said, we don't see, this is documented. I have documents, I am now a witness. a witness that Jesus not only saves but Jesus also heals and I want to encourage you to become a Jesus follower so when you hear my passion when you feel my heart over this mic it's because I know what it means to be a Jesus follower I know that that event changed everything And if you're here today while those heads are bowed and you're not a Jesus follower, today he's called you by name to be in this place. And I want to give you the greatest opportunity ever known to man. The greatest opportunity ever presented to any human being on the planet is to become a Jesus follower. get rid of all of your preconceptions of Christianity and what it means to be a Christian, that loaded word. Let's just talk about what it means to be a Jesus follower. For he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So really quickly, while those heads are bowed and those eyes are closed, no one looking around, just want to give everybody that respect. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Andre, I'm not saved. I have not received Jesus. I am not a Jesus follower. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Don't worry. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm just going to ask you to slightly raise your hand. That's it. Just slightly raise your hand. Just say, hey, I'm I'm not saved. I I, I, want to become a Jesus follower. I used to be. Uh, Maybe I need to rededicate my life to him. Or maybe I was at one point and I want to make sure I am. I want to make sure that I'm in the right place. If that's you, that's it. I see your hand. 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 Now, I, I, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, today I come to you as I am. I am not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. But I need you. I today... Accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I ask that you come into my life, for you have the perfect plan for the perfect me. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, if you prayed that prayer, put those hands together and give God a glorious praise.